Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are an APY. APY can change at any time. What's going on, everyone? Nick Filato and Chris Flum here, changing up the intro. Chris here on Big Blue View Radio to go through some of the more recent news about the New York football giants. And Chris, there's quite a few things going on with cuts and the Giants being active on the trade market. Yeah, th- this is one of the busiest days of the year for really the NFL as a whole, because as we sit and record this at yeah, just after 2 p.m. on Tuesday, all 32 teams me- need to be down to their final, make their final cut down to be down to their initial 52-man roster by 4 p.m. Eastern time. So th- there are a lot of moves going on. There are trades happening. There are players being cut. There are front offices scouring the waiver wire because these might be the final cutdowns, but this is not the end of the roster moves. So let's get into it. It's not even going to be close to the end of the roster moves. And as we record this, those final cuts to get and trim this roster down to 53 are just trickling in. I just saw that Amani Oruarie, the cornerback, was cut according to Jordan Schultz. But we're going to start first with the trade for Boogie Basham. Carlos Boogie Basham, a former second round pick in 2021, 61st overall out of Wake Forest. Defensive lineman, edge, whatever you want to call him. He's a six foot three, 274 pounder. And the Giants just swapped late round picks with the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, Joe Shane and Brian Dable have a close connection with the Buffalo Bills front office, Buffalo Bills coaching staff. They know Boogie Basham. And I want to get your opinion on, on why you think the Giants did this other than just familiarity. I think it's also because the Giants looked at their edge room and they were like, we are not confident in O'Shane Zimenez. And to a certain degree, I guess they weren't confident with Timon Fox, who was also released more than likely will wind up on the practice squad unless he's claimed. So they went out and they got a familiar face, a 25 year old who isn't exactly the most explosive player, doesn't have a something that he is dominant at. He's more of a hustle guy from my understanding. I'm just getting through his film right now, but someone who doesn't really have any glaring weaknesses either. So Chris, what was your opinion of the Giants trading for Carlos Boogie Basham? Yeah, I this is a move where I think it is a good move for the depth of the defensive line. The Giants moving on from Timon Fox was really a surprise to me because I, I pretty much had him on the roster in ink because he was, other than what little we saw of O'Shane Zimenez, I'm sorry, not O'Shane Zimenez, Aziz Ojolari, and Kayvon Thibodeau, Timon Fox was the Giants' most impressive edge defender. And I don't mean that as, well, the edge their edge depth was weak and he was just the best of a bad bunch. He was legitimately impressive. He had pressures. He had disruptive plays that impacted games. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, it was that very first interception the Giants had to start the preseason happened with pressure from Timon Fox. So 
he is a good player, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if he got claimed because he played well during the season. Like, there is tape out there on this guy. But what Boogie Basham brings is he is big, he is relatively long, and he is a powerful player. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of a younger Jihad Ward. Like, he is, I don't think he is going to light anybody up with his pass rush ability. He is, as you said, a hustle guy, he's a power player. He is capable of beating NFL blockers, but he's not going to be doing it you know, just regularly or just straight out athleting them. It's going to happen if they make a mistake or if the quarterback holds the ball too long, he will eventually work free and get after him. He's not going to win with a first step. He's not going to win with a plethora of pass rush moves or anything like that. To me, he kind of looks like a five technique who can play some seven technique or outside rush linebacker on occasion, depending on the depending on the down the distance and the to the situation. And we also got to look at the way Leslie Frazier has employed his defense and how Wink Martindale does, because those are two totally different defenses. He was on a four down, even front playing base end where he had to adhere to his run fit. And then he would rush from off that if there was no, uh, if it was not a rushing play with Wink Martindale, it's not necessarily going to be okay. There's four down line. It's, it's much more hybrid than that. You're going to see Boogie Basham align over the A-gap, you're going to see him align as an end, two-point stance, three-point stance, four-point stance. You're going to see him align everywhere, and I think that's going to benefit Boogie Basham. Some of the things I did like about the little tape that I have seen so far, I think he has active hands. I don't believe he really has a pass-rushing plan beyond his first move. I think he does an okay job timing up the offensive tackle's punch and then throwing a swim move or a double swipe combined with a swim move to go inside. I love how he was able to shoot inside because he was rushing wide a lot of the times on that four down front. I think Wink Martindale is going to use him similarly to how the Giants have used Jihad Ward. I love how you evoke that name because they're similar type of players. Jihad Ward's a little bit bigger than Boogie Basham, but Boogie Basham is someone that you can drop into a flat to the boundary side and trust him adequately in coverage. He's not going to be the most fluid in that situation, but I do believe this is an upgrade over O'Shane Zimenez and Tomon Fox, and that's more than likely the reason why the Giants went out and traded for him. Well, I, it's certainly an upgrade over Haba Bolnado or Bolnado or Tashawn Bowers. I I think he's kind of a different player than O'Jane Zimenez and to a slightly lesser extent Timon Fox, because both of those guys, they have a speed rush component to their game. I think Basham is more in line with a lot of the defensive line signings or acquisitions that we have seen the Giants make over the last several months. You know, going back, they signed Rakeem Nunez-Rochez. They signed Sean Robinson, drafted Jordan Riley. These are big, powerful defensive linemen. These are guys who they can push the pocket, but a lot of the times they're going to be holding up blockers. And that is something that Basham does well. He can set a firm edge in the run game. He can hold blockers and perhaps be used to help create those free runs that Wink Martindale loves to do. Yeah. I honestly do wonder how much Wink plans on rushing on relying on a four man rush at all this season. I would not be at all surprised 
just looking at the additions he has made or the Giants have made to their defensive front, if we see their blitz rate go up significantly, they were at 39.7% last year. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them it somewhere in the 40s this year or maybe even bumping up against that 50% blitz rate. Just looking at the the types of players that they have brought in behind Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Dexter Lawrence, and Leonard Williams. That's in the DNA of Wink Martindale. You're putting a lot of pressure on your cornerbacks if you ask them to cover one-on-one that often or without a lot of inside help. So it's going to be interesting to see. And yes, Carlos Basham is different than Timon Fox and O'Shane Zimenez. I still find it to be an upgrade, and I agree with you. It's it's more of a physical presence up front. I think it's more of a, a like I said, a Jihad Ward edge type of player when you have Kayvon Thibodeau on one side and Jihad Ward on the other. I think Carlos Basham can come in and he can play that role as well. Now you can use those two interchangeably and you just get a little bit more beef, a little bit more strength, a little bit more power. And I love how you brought up how he can stack and hold players up at the point of attack because that's also important in this system when you do blitz because that's going to allow those other players, those adjacent defenders to come in on the blitz, hopefully unscathed, especially if it's only a five-man protection. Darnay Holmes, too, Chris, takes a pay cut. I'm happy about this. I didn't think the Giants were going to keep him at that $2.7 million number. But now Darnay Holmes comes back to the New York Giants under a, a lesser contract. I don't think I, be, I don't believe I received the numbers as to how big the pay cut was. Regardless of that fact, I think having experienced players in Wink Martindale's system to back up two rookies and just a young secondary Cordell Flott hasn't necessarily developed quite yet, or at least we haven't seen consistency from him. So I'm glad the Giants were able to retain Darnay Holmes as of right now on that lesser deal. Yes. And it is also important to remember that if, even if Adore Jackson is moving into the slot as the starting slot with Trey Hawkins, the third as the nickelback, Adore does have a pretty significant injury history and at this point, so does Cordell Flott. So having Darnay Holmes as an experienced guy, he's a hard-playing corner. He needs to clean up his uh, his play at the top of routes. He's involved in a few too many uh, a few too many rules infractions. We'll say a few too many penalties get called on his play, which I think is the reason why he's kind of slid down the Giants' depth chart to the point where he has to take a pay cut or he's looking for a new job. But having him there does give... It's a a good safety net to have in case Trey Hawkins isn't ready for prime time, in case Adoree Jackson or Cordell Flott do get hurt during the season. Because as we said just a few minutes ago, Wake Martindale's defense is going to put a lot of stress on these corners to hold up particularly in one-on-one situations, especially if he's blitzing as much as we, or at least I, think he is going to be this year. And before we get to our ad break, Chris, the Giants named 10 captains. I don't think there's really any surprise in the 10 captains, but I want to get your opinion on it. So Daniel Jones is a captain. Saquon Barkley is a captain. Andrew Thomas, Darren Waller, Graham Gano. And then on defense, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, two defensive linemen, Bobby Okereke, Xavier McKinney, and Adoree Jackson. All of these players are captains. Two of these guys were acquired 
either through free agency or the trade in Darren Waller and Bobby Okereke. What are your opinions of the 10 captains that Brian Dable and the New York Giants team chose? Yeah, I I am not surprised by any of the names. Waller and Okereke, they were well regarded as leaders before coming to the Giants. I think the only thing that surprises me is that 20% of the Giants roster is going to be captains. That is a lot of captains. I, su- I suppose you could say it speaks well to the amount of leadership is in this locker room. Young leadership, considering the ages of most of these guys. Uh, basically, Darren Waller and Graham Gano aside, I think the other oldest one might be Leonard Williams. Maybe Okereke. But this is a lot of a lot of young leaders in this locker room but still the 10 is a lot you know usually we would see them go in with like six captains maybe five or six like usually two on offense two on defense and one or two on special teams this is quite a bit but it this was the decision of the of the rest of the giants roster And one more thing before we go to ad break, just got this update. Wandell Robinson has passed his physical and is off the pup, will be on the Giants active roster. Pretty awesome news. All right, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors before we go through some of these surprise roster cuts and just the roster cuts in general. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are an APY. APY can change at any time. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All righty, Chris, I got a long list of players who have been cut and released, and there are some that are still trickling in here. So I'm going to read it. Running back James Robinson, all these players have been cut. James Robinson, Julian Davenport, Jaden Mickens, Brandon Bryant, Darren Evans, Kevin Atkins, Donovan Jeter, Colin Johnson, Corey Cunningham, Deshaun Bauer, Jack Anderson, Wyatt Davis, Zion Gilbert, Jameson Crowder, Deshaun Corbin, Deontay Johnson, Haba Baldonado, Cameron Lyons, the long snapper, Khalil Pimpleton, Tyree Phillips, surprise, Tommy DeVito, Ray Wilborn, O'Shane Zimenez, David Sills, and then Timon Fox with injured reserve players being Bryce Ford Wheaton and Chris Myrick, who broke his hand on that seam pass in preseason week three. There are some pretty big surprises there, Chris, and I want to start with a player that we've talked about a decent amount on this podcast, Timon Fox, who... We appreciated his explosiveness. I felt like he had more pass rushing moves and an ability to flip his hips and bend at the top of the arc throughout his college tape. Ended up being an undrafted guy despite having solid college production. And he gave the Giants good snaps last year. But the Giants, I guess, did not feel like him and O'Shane Zimenez, we can group group him in there, were quite what they were looking for on the edge this season. 
What do you think the reasons are because of that? And how do you feel about the way the Giants have handled this roster? And do you hope Tomon Fox or O'Shea Zimenez wind up on the practice squad? Yeah, I certainly hope Tomon Fox comes back. He does make it through to the practice squad. He doesn't get grabbed by another team. Yeah, I think last at the beginning of the pre, of the offseason this year, Joe Shane talked about how how getting to know uh, Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale is ha- has changed how he is viewing the roster and how he's going to be assembling the roster. And I think we are really seeing that, particularly on the defensive front, at, with how much bigger the Giants are getting. You know, the Giants have now Boogie Basham instead of Timon Fox and Oshin Zimenez. The edges they acquired during the draft, or well, after the draft, in Hobball Nado and Tashawn Bauer. Bauer was a free agent signing, but I think we can lump the two of those guys in together. Yeah, they were bigger, stouter guys. They the Giants haven't really sunk into acquiring speed rushers. So I think we are see, definitely seeing a shifting of philosophy. And part of that could be with how the Giants really struggled against the run game a year ago. Uh, pretty much any team with a competent run game was getting four and a half to five plus yards on the ground against the Giants on any given play. And part of this could be a reaction to that because, you know, O'Shane played a fair amount of snaps. Timon Fox played a lot of snaps for the Giants last year. So they've gone out and acquired a bunch of bigger, stronger defensive linemen. And I think Wink is really going to lean on his defensive backs and blitz to generate that pressure. Now, for the roster as a whole, like I said, I think we're really starting to see Joe Shane kind of mold the roster around the personalities of his coaches, the, the preferences of his coaches. And it's going to lean into those tendencies more and more as we go forward. So it's going to be very interesting to see the shifts in how the Giants call their offense and defense with these new players and really leaning into what the coach is like. While Fox was a surprise, I think it's safe to say Tyree Phillips was an even bigger surprise. And Phillips hasn't even seen the preseason in this year. I mean, he was out with a a nagging injury. But when we saw last year from him, Chris, it was competent tackle play when he had to fill in for Evan Neal when Neal was dealing with his injury. And now he's not on the Giants, leaving Matt Pear as the sole offensive tackle depth. I think the Giants will look at maybe Alex Leatherwood, Akeem Adeneje. It's not great from the other teams who have released players. I'm guessing Tyree Phillips' injury maybe had something to do with this, but he wasn't even put onto a reserve injury list. He was just flat out waived, I believe, or cut. So what do you make of this, man? This is a situation that's problematic. If anything were, were to happen to Andrew Thomas or Evan Neal, that is um, not a situation that Giant fans want to see. Yeah, no. Um, I am absolutely watching waiver claims. I am also, I would not be at all surprised if Joe Shane works another trade to acquire a player who maybe on the roster bubble on the fringes of another team, but is at the very least better than Matt Parrott because man, 
Parrot is he is the type of player who looks good. He always looks like he's turning the corner and will finally play up to his potential, his athletic potential, his pedigree as a third round draft pick right up until he doesn't. And there is just a complete failure out there and something bad happens. Yeah. I, I've held out hope that Parrot will, it will click. It will come together for him. But at this point, I, I think I'm kind of holding my breath that Joe Shane's able to work something out and the Giants don't have to rely on Parrot because I don't think you can at this point. I would have thought that even with even missing practice, missing those preseason games, Phillips had shown enough last year that he would be a reliable piece for the Giants. Of course, the Giants also moved on from Devery Hamilton, who played competently when he was on the field for them last year. Both Hamilton and Phillips offer depth on the interior as well. I mean, when Phillips was drafted in the third round by the Ravens, he beat out DJ Fluker for their starting right guard job as a rookie. Like he has upside at the guard position. So th- this move is to be a, the most surprising one so far. And, you know, right now it's got the one that's kind of, kind of have me, have me holding my breath. And then there's Cole Beasley, who was not, on the final 53-man roster is not on the final 53-man roster. This, to me, sounds like the roster shenanigans as we have down here yes. in the in the notes. The Giants know that no one's going to go out and place Cole Beasley on their active roster, so they're going to pass him through waivers and then put him on the practice squad and elevate him when he can get healthy enough to play since he is dealing with a nagging injury. I'm sure you probably agree with this, Chris. Yeah, I think that's at least the plan. I don't know. Again, he... He looked pretty good when he was on the field. It, it wouldn't be terribly surprising to see a team pick him up. I wouldn't be at all surprised if perhaps he is he comes back maybe next week at, as a vested veteran. If he is on the roster for week one, he is his salary becomes fully guaranteed. If the Giants wait a little bit, then maybe then it isn't fully guaranteed. And if they have to move on from him during the season, they will, they would be able to do so without much of a penalty. Now I'm keeping an eye on the jets because the jets recently had Corey Davis retire suddenly at 28. Yeah. I could see the jets putting in or picking up, Cole Beasley, or perhaps uh, David Sills, who I believe was also waived. And, you know, Sills has a similar body type to Corey Davis, different, completely different athlete, but he did have that very productive game against the Jets just this past weekend. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these guys staying in New York and just swapping out blue for green. Ryan Jones and Sean Harlow were also released. I don't believe they were on the list that I went over before, so I wanted to put that out there. I don't think either of us expected them to make this team, but there were a couple players that you and I were up in the air about. We thought maybe due to lack of performance in the preseason or just lack of availability, they would not make the team. And those players are Gary Brightwell, running back, and Cam Brown, who it seems like they're going to be safe. At least that's what it that's what it's indicating. 
What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I welcome it. They're both great special teams players. As we know, the New York Giants need as much special teams help as they can get. As long as they're healthy, I do welcome it. But Chris, what are your opinions? You know, I think if they're able to get healthy, they they are both very good special teams players. However, I think this could be an opportunity or perhaps a an area for more uh roster shenanigans if the giants are going to put in waiver wire claims um we don't know what is up with tommy sweeney after his medical incident brian dayball still has not offered any kind of clarity or update on him chris myrick broke his hand so right now the giants do not have a fourth tight end that we can feel confident will be on the ro- healthy and on the roster. So perhaps they put in a claim. Uh, Albert Okuibunum, Albert O, was waived today. He is a big, athletic tight end. I, he is a guy I could see the Giants putting in a claim on, and if so, they're going to have to waive one of these players who are initially on their 53, and Brightwell, Cam Brown... Those guys could be candidates. They could also be candidates for the short-term IR, just depending on what their injuries are. Because if a player is put on IR right now, his season is done. If they get put on IR tomorrow, they can be brought back at some point during the season. Bobby McCain and Javarius Owens can also be grouped into that list that it seems like they did make the initial 53-man roster. But I agree. Look, A lot of turnover is going to happen in the next coming days. There are two other bubble players who were practicing today, and that is Shane Lemieux and DJ Davidson. So the fact that they're out there practicing suggests that they too made the initial 53. But again, in 24 hours from now, they might not be there depending on who the Giants go out and claim. We know they added, I think, five. They were awarded five waiver claims last year. Nick McLeod and Jason Pinnock, Jack Anderson. Those were three of those five players. And they also had claims in on, I think, Jermichael Hasty and a couple other players. So we know the Giants are going to go out, be aggressive, but they're 26 in the order right now, Chris. Last year, they were like fifth. So that's just one downside to actually being a competent, well-run organization where you win football games, the goal of playing football, is you're going to be a little bit lower in the waiver priority. But Chris, anything else before we get out of here? No, just that we are going to have to keep our head on a swivel for the next uh, 24, 48 hours or so. Things are going to be changing a lot. What the 53-man roster is in an hour and 15 minutes is not what it's going to look like in two or three days. And other than that, just again, a shout out to the people down on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Uh, got a pretty nasty looking hurricane bearing down on you. Just be careful, stay safe, and make it to week one. All righty, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please pay attention to BigBlueView.com. A lot is going on in the NFL right now, and we will be keeping everyone up to date over at BigBlueView.com. Thank you for listening. Take care of each other and have a lovely day. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. 
elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.